on last week's Irrevelations. Satan convinced David, hey, you know what you should do? You should number people and figure out how many citizens you have in the nation of Israel. God basically sees it happening and it's like, all right, all right, all right, slow down. This is actually pretty f***ed up. David, the former bandit king murder machine. Rapist. Yeah, rapist. Has to be the one to tell God, hey man, you're going a little too hard. And I'm just going to hand peacefully over the kingdom to my son Solomon. No need to kill a bunch of people, Solomon. We're going to skip that part and time to go. And then he killed a bunch of people. Before we turn to the word, I would like to I can't be a big blessing to people if I'm poor and broke and depressed. I don't feel good about myself. Are they which are persecuted for righteousness. I believe in a literal burning Bible hell just as strongly as I believe in a beautiful heaven. No, no, no. Not God bless America. The Bible means a lot to me, but I don't want to get into specifics. And pray this simple prayer, Lord, speak to me. I like that, like, the top post on Vote right now is, Vote has really given me a place to vent and say how I really feel to people who aren't brainwashed and crazy. Like... Is that what it's become? I haven't really checked in on Vote in such a long time. I never really cared. It just seemed like a place for cunts, but... uh I've never yeah. been there ever, really. Yeah. Except to like see if it existed, I guess. Which yeah. it does. It does. I mean, I'm looking at. You go ahead. Well, first off, the very top thing on vote right now is the October 18th Q discussion. So that says a lot. <laughs> uh, I like that. Like the top post has got like less than 200 upvotes. You know, just no one. But yeah, it's it, not a very happening spot I, I like that they do call themselves the silent majority but I, you know when you take away all the bots i don't think they have much backing you know well this is a good question uh-huh. he says why is the fbi's top child porn lawyer involved in the hunter biden laptop case what do you mean special special agent joshua wilson i guess is part of the hunter biden laptop case he says in i'm not what sure what that's based like, on defense is I don't know. Email. What do you mean involved? What does that mean? I'm looking. I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find it. All right. Let's see. He has a picture. God, and it's all links to New York Post articles. Ugh. Black. uh, This one was titled "Black Fragility." Black cheerleader quits after squad poses with Confederate flag T-shirts. It's got 12 comments. Uh, top comment. Who wants to look at a black cheerleader anyway? It's like a retarded supermodel. God damn. I wonder why they're struggling to find advertisers. (laughs) Why can't you find advertisers vote? Oh, Jesus Christ. So like, it's such a weird place. It's not like it's hard. First of all, it's not hard to find horrible shit on it because it's all horrible. Um, Oh, I mean, it's just a stupid place. It's a bad you know, place. There's, the internet's getting darker, I right. think. I mean, it was always dark and evil and the worst place ever from day one. From the day that like the CERN laboratory scientists first like <laughs> send each other whatever across a cable. 
Wasn't it a nude off. picture? Wasn't the first photo ever sent? I don't believe over the that. Inter- I, 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 I think I've read that the first uh, image that was ever shared via the internet from CERN was a copy of a Playboy magazine. Was it, really? Was the, was the cover of a Playboy magazine. Like, even from the beginning, at its core, those nerds knew exactly what they were bringing into this planet. No, it was this. It's from a comedy. I can't see anything. I well, sure. I don't... I can't see... Oh, uh, is my video off? Yeah, chunch. That's weird. Anyways, it's that. It is women. They're just not nude. So, oh. sorry to let you down. Oh Wait, hold on. I know there's something to that. I'm going to go internet. Oh, my God. Playboy cover. Let's see what just comes up. Sounds like you just believe fake news. <laughs> <laughs> that might be. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, I'm going to have to go through way mu- too much uh, porn to figure out what the fuck that article was I was talking about. But whatever. I thought that. Well, I thought that was what it was. Wasn't it the first? Well, now matter. you know it's not, so well, you can correct the record. I'm going to go on vote and post on our news. No, today I learned. And I'll find Sears saw this thing today where uh, a Texas right-wing militia, which mm-hmm. I don't think there's a left-wing militia out there, so that kind of... Uh, well... A little redundant. Until we start one, yeah. That's true. Uh, but a Texas right-wing militia was soliciting... Are you trying to tell me that Antifa isn't a left-wing militia? <laughs> go ahead. Aren't they mostly just medics? Right. Um, a... Uh, Anyways, this militia member was looking to recruit uh, veteran pilots okay. to help move guns around the state. <laughs> so, <laughs> on Facebook, we should um, we should uh, we should get a bunch of right wing militia members who can just learn how to fly planes but not land them. Yeah, and see if that set them loose put, on the world. Put them to use. Yeah, I don't see why not. <sighs> Has anything happened in the news? I feel like it's been just a boring, boring week. It has been not boring at all, actually. <laughs> well, for Iran me, I feel like clapped I... back at okay. Donald, Donald Trump for some stuff he said. It's not even news um, anymore. I don't know. It's funny because Trump was like told Iran, "Don't fuck with us," and they're right. like, "Yeah, you're, you're not hard." <laughs> yeah, that was literally how the exchange went. Um, it is funny how um, whatever you want to say about Trump, let, let's reflect on four years because it's almost okay. election. Oh yeah. It's like mid October. Let's talk. Let's talk. The last four years. I will say this: I never would have thought of Obama and international discourse under Obama's time to be like, "Hey, how about you fuck yourself? How about you fuck yourself, bro? Why don't you come over here on my Sunday and fucking see what my grandma has to say?" You know? Yeah. Why don't we fuck each other? It's a. <laughs> why don't you come over here and shit in my face and spit on me? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Like, I'll so teach hard. you. Um, that'll teach me. Um, but I don't know that that's something that's, you know, if, 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 you know, a lot, I think I'm sure a lot of members of the audience will say that we only say negative things about Trump, but I do think that's something that's funny that if world war three does happen, it's going to involve probably, uh, your mama's so fat jokes, which I wasn't expecting. I think that's not, come on. Mom jokes are out. Um, the internet's too civil for that. <laughs> no, I think, uh, as an accelerationist, I love Trump. Right. So yeah, I, know. I like the idea that he's causing America's downfall. I like the idea of America being completely removed from the world stage, no longer to pollute, you know, international discourse, no longer able to uh, stick our little grubby fingers where they don't belong. So yeah, if he ruins America, that's good. 
that actually is kind of an interesting nation. <laughs> that is kind of an interesting take because, like in Obama, whatever you want to say about Obama, at least America was like a strong force that could like yeah. just bully the rest of the country and just start senseless wars. Right now, if yeah. Trump was like, "Hey guys, we got to invade Iran. Who's with me?" No one's coming. You know? Well, yeah. You can't it was really racist it no to more. say no to Obama. Yeah, yeah. Obama was like, listen, I want to drone strike the shit out of Syria. And everyone was like, I'm not going to be the one to tell him no. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't it. that. I feel like it wasn't that because most, well, I don't really know how I was going with that. No, My same. point is that I feel like they were so happy that America finally elected a, a black person to lead that they didn't want to discourage us by being mean to him. <laughs> okay. You know? No, no, I don't know. What are you trying to say? Like, what was their <laughs> no, what's their plan? That's all. They're just trying to, uh, you know, it's like we we got it. we're do, we're making progress. So they just want to let him do whatever he, he wants, right? Kind of. Like, I feel like there was a time, like during Obama's, like that was probably the last time where like nations were like, oh, better do what America says. They've got a lot of clout. Yeah. They've got a lot of support I mean, in the international community. We better just go along. War in Iraq. Just the sign fact, me up. Just the fact that he could like talk was a big. <laughs> Plus, form complete sentences. Yeah, that yeah. was. I that forgot was, what that was like. That was too much power. That was too much power for one man. You, it's. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what, what was that book where they wanted to make everyone equal. Uh, it wasn't Brave New World. The Vonnegut book. Was it the Vonnegut book where like Vonnegut had a people- short story? Go ahead. Where like there was ballet and stuff, and like uh, if you were smart, then they would put these like things that would buzz in your ear to distract you, so you couldn't be smart. And if you were strong, they would make you wear weights. Oh. So that you were you were uh, like a normal person, basically. Like make everyone make everyone equal by bringing them all down to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what it's like. They're like, okay, yes, America's had two strong presidents in the past. They've been able to form complete sentences and have thoughts two. and look like normal human beings. Let's Who's, get in what two? Let, let's get in let's get an orange golem who can't form complete oh. thoughts, you know? <laughs> okay. Like that'll that'll bring everyone back to equal. Now you're on level with Ethiopia, whatever gotcha, you have. Gotcha. I don't even know. You know, let's 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 bring America on par with the destroyed wreckage that is formerly Tehran. You know, let's do yeah. it. And then they're like, and we need the Philippines to have a boost, so we're gonna give them Duterte, who's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. That guy uh, rocks. But yeah, it's drug problem? Season. No. No. Drug <laughs> I was problem. thinking about going to the Philippines just for fun because what? I heard. Okay, so here's what I heard. I heard that the Philippines is one of the few nations in the world. That allows full automatic oh, weaponry no. in the hands of citizens, oh. and they also offer some type of like uh, get out of jail free card if the crime you committed was done against a drug dealer. So yeah, that's what I was talking about. That's what I heard is that you can just go there, buy a full auto M4, hunt down some hunt kids on the street selling five grams of marijuana, and then yeah. come home. You know, and I, we, you, you know, you and me have had piss poor luck hunting hogs. But little Filipino boys, I don't think they're as crafty. No, they're not. That's, you know, they're always ending up in sticky situations. Uh, <laughs> I, don't I don't really like, want to go to I don't to like where my joke went. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, so, I don't like the idea. You know, I, I'm afraid to go to the Philippines because I probably have a bunch of cousins there. Oh. Of course. Right. From the way my grandpa describes World War II. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna see a lot of weird guys that kind of look like you. You'll be like, "Well, I always wondered what it looked like if I was a uh, Asian-looking lady boy." But <laughs> now, now, fa- now I feel like I you're mixing want- it up with Thailand a little now bit. Now I can now, wonder no more. I think they got racist. them too. I think they got them too. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's just do the Bible. I don't know. Today's Chronicles. Okay. I don't even care. I, 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 I don't know. I felt like there wasn't anything going on. I've just been in a void. I feel like I've been so oversaturated with, like, just pointing out. With, like, the election cycle news and just how awful. Why would – I guess I get it. But, like, even the whole thing of, like, being – like, Donald Trump coming out against National Indigenous Peoples Day. Got like, them, dude. Yeah. Like, he take that. It's all radical. <laughs> it's all radical activists who don't want us to celebrate a man who literally was dragged back to Spain in chains for how poorly he treated the indigenous people of America. But, you know, on that same line, you just reminded me, my school had to stop offering diversity training because it's been an exec Trump put on an executive order that any school giving diversity training would have federal funding cut off. <laughs> Why? Why be so aggressively on the wrong know. side of history? I you know, don't know why. It's just, it's... Like, don't get me wrong. I don't really enjoy diversity training. Yes, yeah, I don't either. You know, I <laughs> But want... in Texas, we might need it a little bit. <laughs> I just want everyone to look and talk exactly like me. That's just... Is that so wrong to just want to I have just, a homogenous race? It's pretty crazy that they literally scared our school into canceling their diversity training <laughs> with an executive order, which is just like... A piece of paper, right? And I don't it's know. It's such weird boomer logic to rail against something like that. Like, what is... Yeah. I know I could find it. I'm sure they've explained it in their weird boomer talk, what the danger of diversity training is, you know? Uppityness. I, if I had to boil it down, it's like, oh, yeah, well, if we teach people that slavery was bad, they'll learn to hate America. And you're like, well... You're kind of right, probably. There's probably a little bit. There's probably a little bit. Left if, us. if we teach people to care about racism, then our entire Blue Lives Matter post won't fucking matter. That's true. That's the problem. I saw I saw one article today that I commented on. I, I almost have never I almost never interact with Reddit. I just witness it. But there was sure. a guy. I want to say Joe something. I don't want to butcher his name because I don't remember it. But basically, this black guy broke up a fight. A cop shows up and uh, is like, hey, get your hands up, get your hands up. He's like, hey, my hands are up. And then he tasered him. And then as he was seizing on the ground, they're like, oh, he's struggling. And then shot him in the back and shot him to death. Okay. Um, The cop that did this had had multiple complaints because it was a small town. They had multiple complaints because he was a rookie cop that had come in from out of town. And he moved it. And everyone immediately was like, hey, this guy's an asshole. Like, he's way aggressive. He just gives tickets for nothing. He just accuses people of being drunk and, like, beats them up. He's a bad guy. Someone needs to have some accountability on that guy. Uh, Sure. The other irony was that the dude that got shot had posted a lot of, like, uh, sort of, like, Blue Lives Matter posts. Like, hey, come on, guys. (laughs) You know, all I'm trying to say is, like, cops are people, too, and give them a chance. And I can't stand with BLM. I'm one of the good guys, (laughs) y'all. Oh, no. And it was just – we were just all laughing at the irony and someone was like, I don't think it's irony. I think it's just sick. I think it's just, you know, I, I, I think the, I think the guy, the fact that he got killed by a cop and the fact that he supports cops are two unrelated things. I'm like, well, no. But, no, it's hilarious. I, I, if you're dumb enough to boil down BLM to I hate cops, then, yeah, you're too stupid to get it. If you understand that the whole point is, hey, cops should have some accountability and there should be some restraint on them, and they should, you know, we should have better training and better ways so that cops don't just randomly kill people. And then you go yeah. against that, and then get killed by a cop that would have been stopped by the restrictions you railed against. It is kind of funny. Yeah. Also, what Chris Dorner did was very funny. So that's, <laughs> another convers- 
that's not a conversation for today because we need to talk about the fucking Bible. Someday we'll uh, we'll we'll do a uh, rock opera a cop, about Chris Dorner. A cop episode. <laughs> oh, a Chris! Oh, a Chris Dorner uh, rock opera. Yeah, that's coming next year. Anyways, uh, with no further ado, you are believe it or not listening to a Bible podcast uh, called Revelations. I'm Grant Voice. and I'm Cole Deluski, and we're on episode 108. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, we're in a new book. That's the important part. Episode yeah. doesn't matter. What matters is that we're now in the second half of Chronicles. I know that we're the uh, hosts of this podcast, but are we supposed to maintain enthusiasm for this? Because we're now in no. another book of Chronicles. And, ugh. But this one's good so far. <laughs> okay. Did you not get that? I mean, well, I don't want to spoil it, but I I'm actually liked the opening to this thing. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, I, no, I, already I mean, it's certainly better this. than <laughs> it's certainly better than First Chronicles. Because sure. it has a, it's more of a continuation of like actual narrative and story, which we like. But yes, here's what I love about it, though. And again, we'll get into this you in just, just a get little into bit. It right now, or what do we do? Yes, well, we will. But I'm saying just first, first impressions here is what I'm doing. If okay. you can settle the fuck down, Jesus. Uh, it has a lot of discrepancies from from the story in Kings, and that's what I think is fun. Mm. I mean, we're going to get into them as we go, but I'm catching a lot of things that are just off enough for it to be weird, but we'll talk about them as we go. And uh, just to kind of a quick refresh, Chronicles, uh, as we have discussed in the first book of Chronicles, the whole the whole set is um, written after the exile. It's the last chronologically written story, even though it kind of falls smack dab in the middle uh-huh. of the Old Testament. Uh, so this is something that they kind of wrote... I, I would say to like recapture a sense of their nationalistic pride to uh, get back to their roots, etc. After they got back from their Babylonian exile, so keep so, that in mind. Something I mean. wish we had talked about in the recap, but let's talk about it now since we are starting a book and we can just do whatever the fuck we want. Um, sure, sure, sure. When you were in church and you were in sure. Sunday school and they were going over the Bible, there must have been periods of time where they actually just broke down the actual chronology of the bible uh yes and no my point is did you did as you were reading this in the in the in the church did they really did you realize that like the first i don't know couple of books are like hey here's a bunch of shit that starts with adam and then ends with them being destroyed in babylon then this weird segue in chronicles and then whatever the hell is going to happen afterwards um, what's that area in an ocean where there's like no wind? Uh, what's that called? The doldrums. The doldrums. Yes. Yeah, this is the doldrums of the Bible, and they treat it as such. I think in church. Uh, okay. Like we didn't spend a lot of time going through this. Okay. I'm just, I'm just. just it, 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 again, didn't really expect much from the Bible. Certainly, this is not what I expected. But the idea that. It just is going to be like, hey, here's a bunch of histories that then ends, and then it's going to then recap that, and then uh-huh. go back in time to cover stories is just not something I ever expected. And it seems to me sure. weird that it exists that way. I mean, it's weird, but like I said, I think it's for the reasons that I've kind of been alluding to, that it's a matter of recapturing some sense of your like self as a people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of... I would imagine, to some extent, they didn't have it 
available to just read like we did, right? They didn't have like, oh, here's the books that we wrote before we went into exile. I imagine it was kind of lost and scattered and fragments here and there that were eventually pieced together by like churches and by like the Jewish establishment. But probably this was them just trying to like rewrite the Bible in a way, uh, kind of like Joseph Smith did, you know? Right. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not basing that on any kind of a fact. It just, that's what it feels like. <laughs> well, some of the stuff I had read is that even though Chronicles is written after Samuel and Kings and is recapping yeah. Samuel and Kings, that the general assumption isn't that it's referencing Samuel and Kings. It's just that Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles are all referencing the same source material. Sure. So like the, uh, the text of Nathan and the text of those guys. Right, right. Because right. they had their own little books. You know, it'd be easy to assume that Chronicles is a copy of a copy and Samuel is a copy of the original, but it actually sounds like it's just three different versions of copies of the original. Yeah, that that makes sense, I guess. Which is could um, explain some well, of this repetition. Well, not three different versions, because first Samuel or sorry, Samuel into Kings is linear, right? Right. So but those aren't I guess not like, three copies. It's like two copies really because first chronicles and second chronicles are just covering first chronicles is covering all of samuel second chronicles is covering all of kings so it's more like it's a uh copy of maybe the same right well my point is is that chronicles is a copy of a copy and then samuel and kings if you're going to be fucking anal about it are copies of the original but when it's actually it's more like three copies of the original samuel kings and chronicles are each copies of the original sure maybe Whatever. I mean, obviously, that's lost the time. Um, let's also doesn't read about really it. matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's so we left. This. We left First Chronicles with David having just died, with Samuel taking over and being kind of propped up into the king position. So of course, we start off Second Chronicles chapter one with uh, Solomon's story, basically like his actual life and times. Um, right off the bat, we get into God coming down. And having a little talk with them, right? God likes to touch in with his boys. This is this is kind of funny because, as we mentioned, when Samuel and Kings was describing this part of time, it yeah. basically was like David was just getting old. He didn't have a whole lot going on. Adonijah gets a bunch of counselors and says, hey, by the way, I'm the best son. I'm going to become king. And then yeah. Nathan goes, David, David, wake up. Adonijah is going to be king. Don't you remember you wanted Solomon to be king? And he's like, oh, yeah, shit. All right. Uh, Solomon, you're king now. Uh, Make sure you kill all of the past leaders that worked under me. Just make sure you do that. And then kill the shit out of them. Yeah. And then I'm going to die. And that was it. That was basically the only thing that David passed on to Solomon was, hey, make sure you kill Joab and company. Um, Yeah. Then Solomon becomes king, deposes Adonijah, but lets him live. And then later murders him and a bunch of people. Hilarious. All of that is completely skipped over in Chronicles. It starts after he's already purged the entire nation of all his opponents. Yes, we never mention that. It's not in First Chronicles. It's not here in Second Chronicles either, like you might have expected. We just hop right into his, like... Happy times, yeah. if you will. Uh, according to Chronicles, David was like, my son, you're going to be king, and I want you to be a good king, and I'm going to raise you up right. And obviously, I didn't neglect you so I could like uh, share a bed with an 18-year-old girl. That's not what I'm about. Uh, hey, By the way, you get to be king now. And then Solomon's first act, just you know, for the hell of it, was this wholesome story where God grants him wisdom. Yeah. So God literally comes down to him after he does a sacrifice 
basically summons God, if you will. And God's like, hey, what's up? Yeah, you're David's kid. That's right. I know about you. Uh, what do you want? I'll give you anything, right? God is very specific here. He says, I will give you anything you want. You just have to ask the words. And of course, Solomon, being a fucking nerd ass, mints a bitch, right? Right? Is like, oh, I want wisdom and knowledge. I want and, to be the wisest king of all time. God, insufferable. What? Funny, because let's break that down, because now that we, when we first read this, we're like, okay, what does that mean? And it's like, oh, yeah, he knows a lot about trees or whatever, and, like, how to build things, and how to negotiate, and how to, you know, expand borders diplomatically. But we also know how Solomon's story ends, and we Um, also now know how the line of Israel ends, and how, as smart as fucking Solomon, apparently Solomon has God-granted wisdom... But even he was dumb enough to create the very framework that destroyed Israel. So, you know. Yeah, he literally sets. And maybe this is a. Do you know what? I, I have a feeling here, actually. This is what's going on. This is a warning against trying to be smart. All right? Yeah. God doesn't want that. We want God wants you dumb. He wants you subservient, listening, doing what you're told. Because then. You don't come up and, and make up some new gods. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like why we had to have those Cambodian killing fields. Yeah. yeah this is why you should reach. lobotomize all of your children by the time they're six years old. Right. Don't educate. Take out the part Go ahead. that's going to let them think critically. Uh-huh. Right? Mm-hmm. Disconnect it. You put the ice pick in there, mm-hmm. and you give a little hammer tap. You got it. They won't They won't even know what atheism is. Yeah. Right. They're <laughs> Of course, they're going to be blown away by the mysticism of God. Everything's mystic to them. They're not going to like, why the fuck is this water hot? Because like, you turned the hot yeah. water on. Wow, why, how did this cereal make the milk change Why does colors? he keep burning himself? <laughs> <laughs> um, like that's Tony a, Dungy's kid. Yeah, and that's also the main reason why you need to homeschool your daughters and teach them that their job is to be subservient to men. That's the whole... Exactly. Because you don't want them fucking acting up. But here's the stupid part of this story. So he asks for wisdom and knowledge. And God says, this was actually a trap. Mm-hmm. If you had asked for anything like wealth or power or any of that, I would have, I don't know, killed you or something. Probably. <laughs> God says, because you asked for something honorable, right, noble qualities, I'm going to grant them to you. The implication being that when God said, I'll give you anything you want, he was fucking lying. <laughs> He's like the fucking genie from Wishmaster. Like, you're just like, oh, yeah, I almost caught you. I was going to do some fucked up shit to you, but (laughs) you surprised me. It's it's like whenever a taxi driver drops you off at your house, he's like, you're lucky you live in this nice area with lots of streetlights because I was going to rape you (laughs) in the back back of this cab. Uh, Yeah, it's like that. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) You're like, like, thanks, taxi. You know? (laughs) You're you're all right, guy. You're all right. He's like, I'm going to give you a discount instead of raping you. are like, that's all right. You're a good dude. <laughs> I give you a leave. pass, you know. <laughs> you're just gonna do a you're just gonna do a five minute set on comedy instead of drugging and raping me. That's fine. <laughs> very cool. Very I cool. I like that. So yeah, he gets really smart. He's wise. We it doesn't. I even it doesn't tell us the story again of him uh, not splitting the baby in half. But yeah. that happened. Oh, blah straight. blah blah. Yeah. That's the end of chapter one. Um, now we get into the most important part of Solomon's story, which of course, as we've been alluding to up to this point is building the temple, right? David wanted to build a temple. God said, no, you're too sexy or whatever. Uh, your son gets to do it. I, I, I think, and this is kind of reasons why I think Chronicles is interesting. It's like, yeah, we're rushing through it. Cause we don't really care. And it doesn't yeah, really stupid. matter, but I, 
I do think it is interesting and important maybe to talk about it because the, the very fact that they have this book is that this is the things that were important to them. You know, these yeah. are the, this is them trying to retell the story and this is the stuff they thought they'd kept. Because when we were reading Judges and Samuel and Kings, there was a lot of shit be like, okay, if you're trying to explain the origin of your people and your history, why are you, you know, if you're, you can't lie. We won't know. Yeah. Why would you no. tell the part about how you raped a woman to death? Like, why would you, why would you tell, why would you tell the embarrassing shit, you know? Uh, Very good question. Whereas this Chronicles is actually like, oh, this is actually what I was expecting. Well, they're just like, and then Solomon asked for wisdom, and God was like, you're a good boy. Here's some wisdom. And then Solomon's like, you know what I got to do? Build a temple for God. It doesn't matter because it's not going to be good enough, but I'm still going to do it because I'm a good boy. Well, maybe they were writing this for their kids or something. <sighs> I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, isn't that ultimately it's like what it's the all children. About? It's like the children's story version of, of how the West was won. Um so yeah, for whatever reason, blah blah blah, he decides to build a temple. We get into this chapter two. Uh, it starts off with him getting a bunch of guys to be stone cutters. Now we're gonna keep coming back to them because there's a lot to all this. But basically, he has seventy thousand men to carry stones, eighty thousand men to cut the stones, and thirty six hundred men to be the foreman over them. All right. Then he starts getting in this little back and forth with the king of Tyre, whose name is Hiram. Um, they are like best buddies. It's really cute. They're sending each other shit. Uh, Tyre is sending Israel uh, cedar logs and stuff Gotta to build things cedar, with yeah. uh, and gold and silver. Israel is sending Tyre things of like uh, sustenance. They're sending him oil and wheat and all these things that their farms and fields are producing. It's cute. They're going back and forth. They like each other, it seems. They're buds. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess that the king of Tyre Hiram also acknowledges that God is the one true God, I guess, because he knew David and saw how David flourished and just respects it and all that. So they have a nice little thing um, going back and forth. Now, here's where things get a little bit different. Uh, according to this book in Chronicles, Hiram sends to Solomon a man of great skill named Haram Abai. So this mm -hmm. guy... Uh, whose parent now in, in Kings, he's from the Naphtali tribe here. It talks about how uh, his mother was from the Dan tribe, which is not that big of a deal, but interesting. Um, he's able to work in gold and silver and bronze and all this stuff. He can basically do everything. He's a savant of right. uh, producing cool workings that you'd want inside of a temple. Now in Kings, he's not sent to Solomon by the, uh, He's not sent to Solomon by the king of Tyre. Uh -huh. When this scene happens in Kings, it's just saying, okay, here's all the things Tyre sent to Israel. Then later on, a couple chapters later, Solomon sends someone to Tyre to find this guy and bring him to Solomon. Mm. So it's very weird that this guy is like a pawn. And in the King's story is given as a token to Solomon. Whereas in this story in Chronicles, he's taken or no, the, flip, the reverse flip, of that, yeah. but you get my point. Originally, it was like Solomon was like, hey, I need you to come over here. And he was like, fine, yeah, I'll make and some took him. And he's, he has Jewish ancestry, so it was like Solomon's right to take him, it kind of feels like. Yes, yeah. Whereas in this story, um, it's like, and then he was just like, here, have him. He's like, cool, thanks. Yeah. So not a big deal, but just kind of interesting that they slipped on that. 
uh, for whatever reason. I mean, yeah, who knows? Um, the only other thing I thought was interesting, because, yeah, so basically, chapter two. Chapter is, two he's sucks. Like, chapter two, yeah. he's like, by the way, I'm going to build a temple. And, like, he has some help. Uh, the thing that I thought was funny is uh, in Second Chronicles 2.17, then Solomon numbered all the aliens who were in the land of Israel after the census in which David, his father, had numbered them. There were found to be yeah. 153,600, and he made them all basically into slaves. Yes. So what, now censuses no. are cool? Well, yeah, here's the crazy part. Not only does he do a census like he, like David wasn't supposed to, right. but David, to rectify for the census, had to go to this plot of land and do a sacrifice, which just so happens to be the very plot of land where these guys are going to be building the temple. Right. So I don't it's connected. And and the census is a bad thing, as we said. But like census shows that you don't have faith in God. Now the one thing is that David's census counted Jews. This census counted Gentiles. Yeah, it's almost so like might a, be why. it's almost like rules for thee type shit. But yeah, I mean it's it it'd be like, okay, let's say you need land, right? Yeah. I like, do like uh let's say you need land as like more living space for your people. Yeah, so I you do. decide to just annex Poland. Yeah, sure. And you're like, guys, I know I wasn't supposed to, you know, fucking sue me, my bad, whatever. And then you just colonize it, you know. Yeah. Or or let's say... T- go, or let's- I can always tell when you haven't gone, like, a couple episodes without <laughs> equating Israel to Nazi Germany. Hold on, I think I have just Oh, you don't like you're me equating... You're wedging it in there. Yeah, if you don't like me equating... How about this analogy? Let's say you have, like, this small Mediterranean coastal... Okay, yeah territory and you're like hold on we need to eastward expand into you know over the jordan and we need to make more settlements you know and it's like hey you better stop that and they're like we're gonna stop giving money to your parties in america you know yeah we need a west bank for some reason or whatever (laughs) like a gaza strip type thing okay so yeah that's what happens he uh he has all these people. He just basically took all the foreigners within the bounds of Israel and turned them into stonecutters, regardless of what they were doing with their lives. Right? One of them's like, "I'm a IT guy." Nope. <laughs> Sorry. Fucking break you rocks. Make stone. Yeah. You, sh- so, you should have thought of that before coming into this country illegally. <laughs> Learn to code. Um, okay, so that's chapter two. Chapter three starts off, and we're actually building the temple now. Right. So we got all the stonecutters. We got the fancy man who can work with with uh, tools. Let's get to work. So, of course, it's being built on the threshing floor of Arana, the Jebusite, which is where David did that sacrifice because he did a census. Um, and everything is just – this is the the list of all the splendor, right? So, it's talking about all the gold that's getting used, an insane amount of gold uh, imported in from an oriental region, what, which we don't really know What I thought is. was interesting uh-huh. is it says, Now Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. Uh, Mount Moriah may be the mountain where uh, Abraham tried to sacrifice Isaac. So that might be some of the significance of why there would be a temple there or whatever. Probably bullshit. I mean, it's probably all bullshit, but. That's cute. That's kind of like, like, that's kind of one of those things they're trying to like, it's a busy place. Shit keeps happening there every 500 years or something. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they like to do that, right? They like to have significance in their places, like where Jacob laid down his head and all that. Yeah. Um, okay, so he's adorning the temple. It, it's just, that's all chapter three is, is talking about, uh, you know, the pillars in front of the temple that are so huge and they're 25 cubits long and blah, 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 blah. Anything interesting at three? I didn't see No, anything. just that the measurements are 
uh, like originally it was called 18 cubits and now they're saying it was 35 cubits you know so it, it doesn't quite match but apparently um well, the they, original, well they shrunk with time in the yeah <laughs> uh in the original jewish text those words might have been very similar and, ah. you know, well they're also they were off on the count of um how many foremen there were for the stonecutters by 300 again not a big deal and we're not but, we don't give a shit and we're not going to care but the whole point funny. is that god likes a big gaudy bullshit place which yeah, then yeah, solomon's yeah. going to shit on and be like you know obviously heaven can't contain god so what even is this shithole but you know i hope it's good cool. enough and like i'd be here i'd be hearing from tyra who just left my family to come make him like dude fuck you but yeah yeah what do i know cool 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 so uh, chapter four, same shit. I, I didn't see anything in there worth mentioning. It's a, it's again a list of all the stuff that we read last time uh, yeah. when it was in Kings of what was made. So the pillars, the bowls, the uh, pomegranates, all this stuff made out of bronze. The only um, thing, and four. I don't think anyone's going to find this interesting, but they're not. They're not. I promise. <laughs> okay. But go ahead. <laughs> um, four two. Then he made the sea of cast bronze, ten cubit from one brim to the other. It was perfectly round. The height was five cubits, and a line of 30 cubits measured its circumference. So, Give me a little, break it down. My point is, is that they're saying that the diameter of this uh, bronze bowl was 10 cubits, and the circumference okay. was 30 cubits. But as we okay. all know about, because pi, that's mm-hmm. not accurate. It wouldn't A perfect circle wouldn't have... A three to one ratio would be three point one four plus some unreasonable fucking. Uh, you know, now, pi is a natural number. These guys would have known that. They would have known it was like, oh no, it's like thirty one cubits and change or whatever. You know. Sure. So, my Bible is just basically being like, now we all know what fucking math is, right? Like we know now. There's no way even these people would have understood. Like, hey, this isn't exactly... I mean, they would have been able to measure circumference with string and shit. You know, they would have been able to... And yet. And yet. So they're like, oh, yeah, they just, like, rounded it. Like, oh, we just, like, rounding things in the Bible? Yeah, these accurate measurements. as this is, that is bizarre. They just didn't give a shit. But it's just just kind of one of those things where they... Like, my Bible been like, okay, before you get angry, yes. Well, you know how... You know how, like, uh, you know how, like, the magnetic poles drift... For sure. the Earth, okay. Maybe yes. back then Pi was different. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Just, hey, with yeah, God, all things yeah. are possible. Put that in your notebook. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so write that down. Uh, okay, so that's chapter four. Blah blah blah. Uh, chapter five, a little more interesting. Something's happening. Uh, the Ark is being brought to the temple. So it had been uh, down in this in Jerusalem, I guess, right? And so yeah. they just bring it up from the city the, to the new temple. The Ark was bought from – so here's the interesting thing. So the Ark originally was at Gideon, which is where Solomon speaks to God. At that yeah. time, the Ark actually was in Jerusalem because it had been at Kirjoth-Jerim. You know, it, was, it was captured from Gideon. It found its way back to Kirjoth-Jerim. It oh. then got taken to Jerusalem by David. And now he's moving the Ark of the Covenant from Jerusalem – to the temple where they that angel it's right above i mean it's there it's close but my point is it it is another movement of the ark which has very specific rules to it but correct the point is is that when solomon went to speak to god and become anointed he didn't actually do it in jerusalem and he didn't actually do it uh in front of the ark of the covenant he did it at their like original capital of gideon for some fucking reason gotcha 
fun stuff. Uh, basically, they get it into the spot, and then they sing a song, do a little dance, right? Naturally. Um, and this kind of just blends right into chapter six. So Solomon is uh, essentially rededicating, right? Every time they move an ark or that they build a building, they have to have like a whole fucking, you know, ribbon cutting ceremony, et cetera. Thank God for it. Thanks for taking us out of Egypt a billion fucking years ago and making our lives hell ever since then. All that stuff. Um, uh, it's important to remember where you came from. It's also, I don't know. So they rededicate the ark. They do their song. They carry it on the poles like they're supposed to, blah, 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 blah. And what's interesting is that the claim, I mean, it's a fucking Bible, sure, fine. Um, sure. Is that God came down as a cloud, like, one last time to be like, yeah, I'm yes. going to live here now, you know, whatever, you know, which which, which kind of comes to a point because they're going to make a – David had kind of a weird stance about the temple and the ark because his whole point was like, hey, I noticed I live in a nice house. Let me make a nice house for God. Yeah. And then we're, we're kind of going to get here later in chapter six where Solomon's like, yeah, we made this house for God, but obviously God doesn't need a house. And maybe yeah. that's just the extra wisdom because David was just a drunk dancing maniac. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but like he's like, yeah, we made a house for God. I mean, he's not he doesn't live in houses. You know, he's kind of a weird cloud half the time. You know, it doesn't really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this shit that I've spent all this money and time doing kind of doesn't make sense, but we'll we'll redefine it later. Well, again, we, you got to stroke God's ego, right? Or he opens up the earth and swallows you or burns you with fire <laughs> and snakes after you or kills your firstborn or locust or blood or fire from the heavens. So, all kinds of cool stuff. <laughs> Some other thing, which I don't know if it matters, but uh, you know, now chapter six. Uh, then Solomon spoke. The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. My Bible is like, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, even though Solomon said he lives in a dark cloud, Solomon, with all his God-given wisdom, was wrong because we all know God's made of light. Ah. So they wouldn't live in a dark cloud. He just wouldn't do that. I know better than fucking Solomon. <laughs> Let me tell Solomon. Well, this... This is the same Solomon who has six, six, six cubits of gold or whatever later. That's so true. Just saying. We're going to get to that in a minute. Um, yeah. So uh, the God comes down. There's a cloud. He's in it. Uh, Solomon stands before the ark. He or the altar rather uh, gives his de- prayer of dedication. Um, you know, Lord, there's no God like you in heaven or earth. You're awesome. Uh, David was awesome. I'm awesome. You know, you're going to live with us. That's great. Stick around. Uh, He then goes into this whole thing where he basically goes ahead and assumes that the Israelites are going to fuck up and starts kind of like loading the deck in their favor where he's like, hey, look, uh, just promise that if we turn away from you, you know, we can come groveling back to you, Uh, which is an interesting. It shows that they're really starting to understand God. I think it, it isn't interesting because, yeah, well, first of all, he's got God given wisdom, so let's just assume he doesn't. Yeah, he understands that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, he's like, hey, when we fuck up and you send plagues and nightmares and people to come and rape and murder us and fuck us all up, and you're God, the one that's doing all that to us because we deserve it and we asked yeah. for it and it's our fault for leaving the mop out or whatever. Uh, Et cetera. When that happens, at the very least, let us come crawling back like bitches. Yeah, I would sum it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the gist of it. And he's you know he's saying when you inevitably starve our people and bring us plague and famine, uh, just you know after we've endured it for a while, could you be cool and like 
yeah. turn the water back on. Like after you beat uh, me black, black and bloody, you know, and kick my ass and punch my dog in the face, at yeah. least let me suck your dick to get back in your good graces. Can't you just? That's right. Can't we just create that loophole? If I we if we can just agree to that, I'm fine. It's uh, this is the kind of behavior you see in a in a battered person. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's very pathetic and cr- it's kind of creepy that he's already like, yeah, God, I know you're gonna mistreat us, but you know, after you do, as long as you let us lick up some of your fucking shit right. from the ground, I don't know. It's you know, it's pathetic. Can't so I just give you my unemployment check and we be back to square? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> if, uh, I, if I give you my unemployment check and let you crash in my house that I pay for, can you just stop hitting me? And he's like, all right, this one time. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I do get drunk and fly off the handle a lot, but that's just what. Naturally. You know. Yeah. That's um, the price you pay to keep you safe from the Philistines. Right. The actually kind of cool Philistine guys. Yeah, it's um, really that it, is it gets, well. Yeah, it gets really dark. I almost don't. I, I almost want to talk about it, but it, I mean, because we've we've read King, so we know Go what happens. It. But you know, yeah. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against you, when they pray towards this place and confess your name, turn from their sin, because you afflict them. You know, and, and it just like does that. It's like, oh yeah, and when they're defeated against an enemy and they're all beaten up and shit, uh, let them confess your name and retrieve them. And uh, when you starve us, let, the, let bring some food after we've suffered enough. You know, it's just kind of a weird. <sighs> yeah, it's it's just overly, it's depressing. I don't know. Ugh. And it's not like there's any, because, again, the context is God is all powerful. Nothing good or bad happens without him flipping that switch and making it happen. So it's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, when there is plague or famine or desolation, help us out it's hey when you are putting famine plague and desolation on us right it's not yeah it is not that's a very good point to make it's not hey when we befall misfortune no it's when we stumble into your bad graces right. you know very specifically when, when plague kills um, us because you're creating plagues let us you wanted it to yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It doesn't have that vibe of, like, God is there in the background, and you kind of just have to be like, hey, something's coming. Would you step in and deal with this? And God's like, all right, I'll help you out. It's, oh, hey, by the way, God is sending these things. He's just actively playing both sides of the field constantly. Nothing happens, you know. Awful, dude. Um, Okay, that's chapter six. Chapter seven, more of the same, unfortunately. Um, This is the dedication of the temple. They sing and stuff. Uh, it gets interesting about 11 verses in. So we find out that uh, Solomon's finished the temple and uh, the royal palace, which is weird because the royal palace was already built. Didn't David build the royal palace? Did he build a different one? I think David. So the royal palace and all this stuff, it's kind of weird because we do talk about it in depth. And if you were paying attention, which I wasn't. You know, David did build a palace, but there were like additions made to it and extensions and extra areas that other kings added that were then like destroyed. But like the main palace still existed. So I know that I'm pretty sure it was David who built like a balcony, like a special balcony. Then Solomon like completed. And it was that that was the balcony where like uh 
God, it was where he saw Bathsheba and jerked off. Yeah, it was also the same balcony <laughs> where like Absalom fucked his concubine or whatever, you know. So there's oh yeah, of, that's right, that huge flex. I forget. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, they're like, do it on his balcony. He loved that thing. You're like, all right. So I, I so, yeah, the, the temple, the, the the palace definitely existed during Solomon's time. It did change a couple of times. They do mention that some people added things on and then like, you know, whatever. Now this is fascinating. Um, another small difference between this book and Kings. So it says, God comes to him and says, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a temple for sacrifices. So God is basically saying, all right, I saw this work you put into it, blah, 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 blah. Now I've decided that I will in fact live here, which is funny because in Kings, he doesn't say that at all. There's no like, will he, won't he? He just goes, oh yeah, I've consecrated this place. You know, it's my house now. As opposed to here, there's this like idea that maybe he wasn't going to accept it, you know, that yes, I did choose this place, uh, that I think that just implies that it was on the table to maybe not choose that place. And I think, I wonder, because I, th- I feel like we talk about the details so much sometimes that uh, it's kind of important to take a step back. What is the temple? Why does it exist? What purpose does it actually serve? The The temple was created as almost like punishment. David had been like, I'm going to build God a temple, and there's all this back and forth. Like, it's important you build me a temple, but you don't get to do it. Um, yeah. You know, there's drama behind it. Um, David keeps trying to build it for some reason, and then he does a census, gets punished, buys a bunch of land. Like, okay, I am going to put the temple here. And God's like, what? I told Fine. All right. Buy some land. Do everything sure. in your power to build the temple without actually building the temple. That's that's fine. Whatever. Uh, yeah. It's like, I'm going to buy a Dodge Charger. And you're like, you ain't got any fucking money. And you're like, don't worry. <laughs> I, uh, don't worry. I bought extra tires. They're just in the garage. I'm like, what? Okay. But it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but my, my point is, is like, what is the temple? So the temple is sort of categorized in these few chapters. Like, why is it so important? The temple is where God is paying attention to and is listening. And I do remember that from Kings. He does specifically say like, hey, by the way, I'm going to keep an eye on this place. And if you have prayers you want me to hear, you have to come here to do it to make sure oh. I really, really do listen to it. It's like the Batman phone. <laughs> it is like the Batman phone. Like he's not like he's like I don't live in that phone. But if you want to, you know, you want to hold me. You know. Spooky thing to consider here: if that's the Batman phone, who's Bruce Wayne in this? <laughs> is God just walking around among us? Is Donald Spirit, Trump God? Yeah, you're right. You got it. You 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 you, you took that to its natural conclusion. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just like so it's all this like what is the fucking temple cuz there's all this big back and forth about like um Solomon building the temple and then you kind of almost never really hear about it again except like people are like hey we got to rebuild the temple or the temple's in disrepair. So it's almost like they go through all this effort to create this conduit to God, a place where you're going to have priests maintaining the property where you can do sacrifices, where immigrants, the poor, the disheveled can come and be like, hey, yeah. God, will you listen to my shit? And God will be like, yeah, all right. You came to the right place, you know? It, sure, I guess. It's basically like the help desk at the clerk of courts. You're know, like, hey, man, I got a guy fucking like parking on the wrong side of the street. And they're like, we'll handle that. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's the HOA of Israel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll issue a no-knock warrant right now. <laughs> What do you mean there's poor people in the park? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, uh, 
there, there's all this artifice of this is a place where God is listening. God is everywhere. He is ephemeral. He doesn't have a presence on earth. Yeah. But if you really want to get his attention, come to the temple in Jerusalem and state your biz. Makes sense. Um, part of what he does from here, God, is that he says, uh, you know, I'm going to gonna establish your line for a long time. There's definitely the big if word thrown in there, though. <laughs> he says, as for you, if you walk before me faithfully as David, your father did, and do all I command, uh, I'll establish your royal throne, blah, blah, blah. You shall never fail to have a successor over Israel, which is funny because obviously I think the if was especially important to these guys as they wrote it because uh, as of the writing – in fact, there was not a king for some time. So um, clearly that conditional phrase right. came into play. Um, that's chapter <laughs> well, seven. And we talked about this originally. It, I don't know. Is straying from God's word so fucking hard? It, I mean, we obviously read the story, and it, it makes no mention as to why or what the circumstances was. It just sounds like the Israelites themselves are pieces of shit. Because there's no Correct. mention of why they keep going to Bash, uh, not Bashi, but Baal, and like uh, all these other. You know, it just seems like the second you take your eyes off them, they're like, "Let's put up some fucking Ashura poles." They're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." They waste no time. Well, I mean, you know, you're talking about we're we're reading it like, oh, they, God just did something cool, and then they turn around and do this. Well, it's like generations passing and stuff. Yeah, you know, there's I, like I, it's time. It just feels like you're like you tell your son like, okay, if you want a PS5, you gotta do this list of chores, and it's like a year's worth of chores, you know, and you're like, you only got yeah. six months to get this done. You're like, all right. By the way, you have to have perfect straight A's and all these other high standards. But but if you do, riches riches befall upon you. Yeah, you have a. But if you all the pizza rolls you, you can ever handle. fucking nap on this shit, or if you ever if you ever stay up late watching TV, I'm gonna beat you. Yeah, or otherwise you can be bathing in Totino's. <laughs> um, so we get into chapter eight. It's uh, dubbed Solomon's other activities, and a lot of what's in here, interestingly, is not really in Kings. So we're gonna have some fun with this. It's a little different than what we've been doing so far. I kind of like it. Um, so what do we got here? Uh, the uh, temple's built, and then we find out that he also rebuilt some villages that Hiram had given to him and settled Israelites in them. <laughs> so that's well, uh, wasn't that the point though? Hiram was like, "Hey, have some towns," and we do remember that from from Kings, where he was like, "Hey, here's some land." And uh, was it well? Like- they gave each other land because right. he, he gave Hiram land that sucked, and Hiram was complaining about it. Oh, that's right. But you never you never hear about that again. Funnily right. enough, um. But yeah, so he's, you know, the Israelites are settling in the nearby area. So just a fun thing to think about. Um, he uh, He's building all kinds of shit. He's doing cool things, getting around. Now, it says that there are still a bunch of foreigners in the land, which we already kind of knew. There are the Hittites, the Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Now, it says that uh, he basically conscripted all these guys into slave labor uh, to serve as slaves as it is to this day. <laughs> Fun. So these people are still slaves for the Israelites, I guess. That, I don't know. that must be shit when you're a Hittite and you're like, oh, yeah, don't worry. Uh, Babylon has enslaved the Jews. We're free. And the Babylon's like, no, 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 you're you're, you're still slaves. You're just now <laughs> slave slaves. You're slave to slaves. That's what you think. Imagine how hard your day is going to be when you have to do, you, you know, slave labor for other slaves. It's interesting because this is probably one of the earliest records of, like, race-based slavery. Like, it almost set the precedent that that was cool. Well, I mean, I don't... 
I'm sure they've been doing all the that. foreigners get to be slaves. It seems like the Bible's cool with that. <laughs> you don't certainly you don't think that the pastor or that the fucking Southern Baptist preacher from in 1817 was pointing to this story. Like, listen, yeah, you you bring people from a different nation into your nation for the express purpose of making them into slaves, and it's cool. Yeah, and, that's what. And he's I feel doing like we've here. glossed over because the Bible's bullshit, but. There was a panel that had Stephen Fry. I know I've mentioned in the past on this podcast, but I'll bring it up again. Okay. Where he was talking about how, like, the church came out as being like, yes, technically during the Civil War, we argued for slavery. But that's Mm -hmm. only because we didn't know it was bad at the time. And Stephen Fry was like, isn't that your whole fucking job to know if things are bad or good and be able to decide morals objectively? What fucking good are you if you're like, well, yeah, but at the time it was cool and now we can look back and say it's bad. But that's also bullshit. The Bible is very clearly like, yeah, slaves are fine. There is a time and a place and based for cl- And yeah. based solely on their the fact that they're foreigners. Yeah, yeah. Right? They're it's not, a racial slavery. They're not people Jews like you and be me. Slaves. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot have you know white slaves. So, kind of fun to think about. Um, it is fun. To it think said because oh, it's also kind of Spartan because it says that all the Israelite men were for fighting, so that was their job basically. I mean, clearly they uh, had they were like there was leather workers and stuff. I would imagine, but for the Jewelers, most part, I'm sure. they were they were soldiers and the other guys were slaves, right? Well, that it is very Spartan. That is that is how yeah. Sparta um, set up their society. Was that you have to have a warring class who makes their money? Uh, I mean, Sparta is unique because they made their money as mercenaries for the most part. But um, yeah, fun stuff. But my point is, like, but Israel, at least for their for their point of view, they need to have those warriors because they're surrounded by oppressors, which we'll use in quotation marks because it's those oppressors yeah. that they're raiding and then forcing into slavery. So it's kind of a kind of a stand your ground situation. But, um, Very. But, yeah, if you're spending all your time protecting your borders and invading other nations and stealing their people, someone's going to have to make bread and crops and, you know, uh, work the fields, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's only Just because they hadn't, invented, economics. they hadn't invented plantations, rocking chairs, or lemonade yet. So. Yeah, or states' rights. <laughs> so uh, next we hear a fun little bit that uh, – was not covered in Kings. Uh, Solomon has Pharaoh's daughter, who is his wife, brought up from the city of David where she was living to the palace that he built specifically for her. Now, in Kings, we read that. We read the story about him building her a separate palace, and we kind of joked about it. We're like, oh, yeah, you got to, you know, don't want the wife around. Let's put her in a, <laughs> let's build an entire duplicate palace just for her. Now it acknowledges why, which it did not in Kings. It says, uh, my wife must not live in the palace of David, king of Israel, because the places the Ark of the Lord has entered are holy. So his wife yeah. is too filthy to be allowed into a building where there used to be an Ark. Sorry, sorry, you're Egyptian, and I just can't have your dirty feet walking yeah, on these I will, hollow grounds. I will bust in that pussy, but <laughs> you, will not, you will not come in my dad's house you're, ever. Yeah, you're good enough to bear my children, but you're not good enough to come home for Christmas. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. Uh, this is like very, again, very racist. It's because she's Egyptian. It is weird that that's now part of it. You know, that 
at its core, I mean, the Bible's always racist, and that's yeah. it's a product of its time. They lived in tribes. You couldn't have them being like, hey, everybody's sure. our friend. Those Egyptians will kill you. you know? I'm not asking them to have diversity training. Right. I'm just saying it's still <laughs> but, pretty bad. But it is kind of funny that, and maybe, again, that's in the context of what happens, is that Solomon initially is like, yeah, let me marrow fair, let me marry Pharaoh's daughter. Bind our two homes, and Egypt, who was originally our oppressors, who we fought with, will now be our allies. That's some diplomatic shit. Sure. Then, Pharaoh's daughter is like, you know what you should do? Worship some Egyptian gods on the side. I'll suck your fucking dick. And he's like, all right. And then he just started banging women all over the place and being like, yeah, what do you, you want to start yeah. putting up some sheer poles? Yeah, that sounds fine. I don't see any reason why not. Um, I've met God. He's fine. He's gonna be cool with it. I don't, um, I don't think it. I don't think it mentions how many wives he has in Chronicles, but it did in uh, Kings, and it was like seven hundred wives from all different royal lineages. It which, was. Come it on, was guys. a thousand That's women. Yeah, we talked about it. It was a thousand women total, seven hundred wives, three hundred concubines. Um, yeah. Now it's just like, oh yeah, him and Pharaoh's daughter. You know, the only one that matters, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's like it, it, it now. Now that I guess in context of everything else, it's like. By the way, he was like, "Listen, I'm not letting some filthy a bitch Egyptian bitch live in my dad's place." Naturally, um, so next up, um, it says that he basically reinstates all the old, uh, or he's uh, he's he's holding all the old festivals, right? Festival of the unleavened bread, festival of the weeks, and the tabernacles, blah blah blah. He's got the gatekeepers doing their thing, um, and then it finally trickles down to the end of chapter eight. Um, Solomon is basically starts setting up all these trade routes with the help of uh, Hiram and his ships that he had with sailors on them. And it says that they're sailing to Ophir and bringing back all this gold for Solomon. Now I tried to look up where, where Ophir was. There's a bunch of different possibilities. The Bible concordance says that it's uh, Southern Arabia which I don't know how you would take a ship to there. It uh, doesn't make sense because there was no sign. There was no uh, Suez Canal. Let's look yet, up so. some maps because the Nile, well, I got, I, the Nile dumps into the Mediterranean, doesn't it? Yeah. Now, the, so again, the concordance says that it's Southern Arabia. Archaeologists have a few different possibilities. Some say Africa, kind of like what you're inferring, right? right. That would have been like uh, the. Um, well, doesn't the West Dead Sea isn't, isn't the Dead Sea fed from the you're, Gulf of Aqaba? You're thinking of the Red Sea. No, the Dead Sea. The, no, the Dead Sea is inside of Israel. It's a salt lake. That's my point. The Red Sea. I know. That's, the Red no, Sea. No, God damn it. That's my point is that the Dead Sea is fed from the no, Gulf it's a lake. of Aqaba. It's a lake that's no, fed from a the river. the Red Sea is. You're messed up. The God. Red Sea is. No. You're confused. Yes. No. The Dead Sea is just a pond. It's just a fucking pond. There's nothing. It's fed feeding from it. a river. If it was just no. a pond, it would dry up. It's fed from. That's something. why it's so salty. It's fed the by rain. The reason why it's salty, God, the reason why it's salty is that rivers pick up sediment that contains salt. They then go into nope. the Dead Sea, which is the lowest point, and because the water has nowhere else to go, it evaporates and concentrates the salt. Look it like up. Like parts of the. Sometimes the Jordan fl floods into. The Dead Sea, which keeps it supplied. I don't think that's But not. you're thinking of the Red Sea, which is down at the Gulf of Aqaba. Hear me typing with my expensive-ass keyboard? You're going to find yeah, out. Yeah, I'm waiting for you to get to the part where you see that I'm right. Uh -huh. 
and its main <laughs> tributary is the Jordan River. The Jordan River feeds into the Dead Sea. Yeah, when it floods into it. But no, what does that have to do with it? My my point is is that you what have What is your point? My point is you have a lake that has a river system that feeds elsewhere that you could then go to. But the Jordan River is not navigable. It's a fucking brook. It's a it's so it's a baby river. There's not ships on it. Yeah, you're probably right. So the I point was musing, is okay, I don't know. The Yeah, well I do. Cuz I'm in the Coast Guard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue. I have jurisdiction over navigable waterways. I don't think the Suez Canal waterways. is very large. It looks like it's a canal that uh, connects the Great Bitter Lake to... I, mean, I don't know shit about the fucking Suez Canal and the Suez Gulf. The Suez Canal connects the Red Sea to the Mediterranean. Regardless, um, it's not. it wouldn't be easy to sail down that way, is my point. You'd have to go over land across the Sinai Peninsula. To the Red Sea. All right. So the point we, – we're on a tangent here, but the point is is that allegedly Solomon created trade routes with somehow southern Arabia, like Yemen yeah. and Oman and whatever. Or, that again, that's what the concordance says. I like the archaeologists thinking that it could be either um, India is one option. Right. Uh, some of the words that they have for, uh, like, certain birds kind of match, like, Indian – uh, etymology and then some say Africa which makes sense now the fun ones are that the guy who discovered the Solomon Islands was convinced that that was Ophir mm-hmm. I don't know if you know where the Solomon Islands are they're off the coast of Australia and then of course Christopher Columbus thought that the island of Hispaniola was Ophir which is why he was raping it of all its gold <laughs> literally raping it yeah yeah um, I wonder I mean is that even possible could was there no. I I don't know when the Phoenicians were active, who were famous for their sailing capacity and their ability to. I just don't know how long distance sailing and ship routes were possible at this time. Maybe it just seems like, and I don't know. It feels like my understanding is is that the ability to travel from Israel to Australia might have been a, a, a little bit unrealistic at this time. Yeah, a little bit. You know, I mean, <laughs> when were but I guess when did the Vikings sail to Greenland? Like, what time frame was that? Like way the like, fuck like after a thousand this. years like, later. A thousand right? years later. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, that seems that seems like I just don't know why people would assume that's possible. It's also possible. I mean, Israel is a big place, right? It is possible that they just had land routes that went to the Gulf of Aqaba. You know. Yeah, they did. I mean, they had settlements down there. I think right. too. I mean, because technically the southern the southern area is Edom. So, they- but if the but it was talking about Tyre's, the king of Tyre's ships and sailors, which I'm assuming would be on the Mediterranean. That would make they don't like walk their ships to Aqaba. <sighs> I don't know. Anyways, they, it sucks. They get the whole it done. the whole Who Bible knows? sucks. Uh, so that's chapter eight. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, chapter nine it recaps the visit of Queen of Sheba. To Solomon, um, if you remember, she basically came, questioned him. He answered all the questions she had. Uh, she was very impressed. She brought him a lot of stuff. Um, there's a l- slight differences in like what she said to the king in Kings versus Chronicles, but it's all pretty on point. Not that we really care. If we recall, no. the Queen of Sheba hears that there's a wise king from Israel. Is like I'm gonna go and voidir his ass, and uh, she goes over there and she's like, "Here's some riddles," and he's like, "Yeah, I'll answer your riddles. Do you want dinner?" And she's like, "Fine." And dinner was so great, and the answers to the riddles were so great. She was like, "Man, these Jews are onto something." Yeah, 
And she gave him a lot of stuff, and he gave her a lot of stuff. Now, what it doesn't say in Kings, but does say in Chronicles, is that he gave her more than she brought to him. It seems very petty that they decided to add that, but they did this time around. So that's fun. <laughs> Some other thing, and I haven't looked it up. It's just something my concordance says that I'm just like, whatever. I don't, I don't care enough to fact check. But allegedly, some scholars seem to think that the Ethiopian royal line was descended from Queen Sheba fucking Solomon during this time. That she went over, fucked Solomon, had some kids, was like, by the way, you guys are going to be the kings of Ethiopia or whatever. But So yeah. just some claim that the royal line of Ethiopia was somehow distantly related to Solomon through this that, meeting. That's kind of cool. Which could happen. Could be funny. I accept it. That's facts. Um, what else we got? Then it, it just goes on a rant. The last, the rest of chapter nine is basically a rant on how much gold Solomon had. It talks about his throne. It talks about his shields of hammered gold that he made. It talks about slight his differences in numbers with how much, how much the shields yeah. he made and how much they weighed. But who gives a shit? It's all pretty much the same bullshit. And then of course it wraps up with Solomon's death. Um, it says, as for the other events of Solomon's reign, from beginning to end, are they not written in the records of Nathan the prophet, in the prophecy of Ahijah the Shilonite, and in the visions of Edo the seer? And the answer, of course, is no, they're not, because we don't have access to any of this. Well, I guess, I guess First Kings is allegedly written from no. those texts, but it's probably that. No. I guess my point is like the the argument could be made that Chronicles. Kings and Samuel are based on original source texts, and those source texts would be the writings of Nathan, Samuel, Ahijah, um, Elisha, whomever the fuck, you know. Yeah, if you want to believe that or whatever, go nuts. <laughs> I don't care. Great. And that's that's as far as we'll get. That's nine chapters. I, I don't know. 24. Whatever. What is the, whatever the fucking point of any of this being in the Bible or what? I feel like I just keep. I feel like I keep coming into the Bible. And I just keep stepping on bear traps. Like I'm like, why is this here? <laughs> yeah. Sure. I mean, yeah, it's very trappy. Yeah. It has lots of traps. Uh, what else? What? I mean, this is basically today was Solomon Day. That's all we covered his whole life, right? For the most part, uh, bes- minus some of the indiscretions that he had. Right? We didn't talk at all about the fucked up stuff he did. <laughs> It is weird that um, we didn't talk about it because it was a big point, especially in Kings, I guess, which, again, written for a different audience facing different struggles. But Solomon is famous in his own way for being, oh, you're so fucking smart, but you can't just stop blaspheming and stop making up bullshit and stuff like that. That's why they left it out. Yeah. So if you want to know about that, go read it somewhere else. Bubba. Yeah, here's just Solomon. He's super smart. He's super wise. He even he even he even kicks his Egyptian wife out of his house. You know, sorry, you're too fucking filthy. To be here, like like he's just a, he's just a perfect king, you know, as he's remembered, you know. Gotta face it, face the facts. <laughs> uh, God, all right, I- I'm done. Let's 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 yeah, wrap it I'm up. Done what's too. our uh, what's our Twitter yeah. handle? So if you don't already, follow us on Twitter at Bible Pimps. Common spelling. If you want to send us an email, that's a Revelations Podcast at gmail.com. Just getting through this fucking Bible. Pimps.